0: Welcome to 20 Not Something, the podcast for 20-somethings who haven't quite figured out what their something is yet. Each week, I'll be speaking to a different guest about their experiences of this messy decade to reassure you that everything turns out all right in the end. Because doing something in your 20s can actually mean doing anything that makes you happy. This series of 20 Not Something is sponsored by Swirls and Curls, your go-to luxury baked goods brand. Any of you who know me well will understand my infatuation with cakes and cookies, but what's even more impressive is when a brand can deliver top-quality first-class products which still taste fresh and delicious with a warm home-baked touch. Swells & Curls is a small business run by the lovely Kirsty, and her beautifully decorated cakes and sugar cookies are the perfect gift for a partner, friend, family member, or for just treating yourself. They are incredible value for money, look fantastic and taste even better. Head over to Swells and Curls on Instagram to feast your eyes and stomachs on their wide range of products and go and spoil yourselves and your loved ones this month with some truly tasty treats. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season three of 20 Not Something. Oh, it feels so good to finally say that. I can't wait for you guys to hear all the brilliant guests that we've got lined up for this season and some of the weird and wonderful stories that they're all bringing it to the table. If you want to be the first to hear the episodes as they're released every Wednesday, please click that subscribe button. Um, And you can also now find us on Instagram using the handle at 20 Not Something as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hugely appreciate all of the support and enjoy the episode. Today I am joined by none other than world champion GB karate athlete Jordan Thomas. When Jordan was two years old, he got hit by a moving vehicle and was told by doctors he would never walk again. He defied all odds. At four years old, Jordan said he wanted to become karate world champion. Fast forward 20 years and, spoiler alert, again, he defied all odds. Sporty and athletic from a young age, Jordan always knew he was happiest when being pushed to his limits and in a competitive environment. Inspired by his father, William Thomas, the 1992 Karate World Champion, Jordan's love and passion for karate grew, as did his interest in football. After being scouted for Watford Football Club and competing at a high level in karate, it was actually Jordan's dad who said to him, if you want to be the best at one, you have to choose. Karate it was. The following years were tough ones. Training, competing, rehabilitating and of course working to fund his sport. But Jordan always had one goal in mind. 2016 was a big year for him. He scooped up gold at the World Championships and it was also announced that karate was going to be one of the five new sports added to the Olympic programme, meaning a new dream was born in the form of Olympic champion. The last few years, Jordan has spent training with this aim in mind and is currently preparing for Tokyo 2021. Jordan's 20s journey just goes to show that if you put enough time, energy and persistence into anything, it will pay off. In his words, be free and enjoy. There is no pressure, no stress. Be patient. If you work for it, it will come. Nobody can tell you no. Jordan, welcome to 20 Not Something.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed that intro. (laughs) That was great.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm good.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I can't complain.
0: (laughs) Um, I normally kick off. These episodes by asking you a question, which is, what was the one thing you wanted most after your twenties? But I'm kind of guessing I can predict that for you. Was <laughs> it <a> world champion?
1: <laughs> well, to be honest with you, um, yeah, it was. It was world champion. I think so, that was always the uh, the goal is um, world mm. champion. You know, um, but I would if 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 you gave it to me at 18, I wouldn't have complained either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I guess to to shape the question differently, then, what was the one thing you wanted from your twenties apart from world champion?
1: um I just wanted to set the foundation of my life uh for me then to go on and build a family and um mm. and build something solid you know um <clears throat> obviously uh world champion was a part of that um but you know I have to build the the surroundings and the brickwork um and to to make myself in a good place and um to yeah just to uh, to go forward and live a happy life.
0: Mm. You mentioned that like growing up you were really heavily influenced by your dad obviously you mentioned that he was also a world champion and also surrounded by you know so many other world champs as well um Vic Charles and Marvin Etienne. Um yeah. what was that like growing up around such sort of expi- in- inspiring athletes?
1: Oh, uh, do you know what it it was actually like normal. Um, <laughs> I know, I know that sounds strange. Um, but being around these successful, you know, world champions and it was just, it just became normal because these guys are, I call uncle, um, <laughs> you know, so it was, for me, I didn't know any different. I didn't know, it, uh, <coughs> my friend didn't have that. Um, I just thought it was just a normal thing, um, to have around. And, uh, I knew it was special um but mm. I just thought it you know it was normal and it was only when I got older and started understanding how lucky I was to have that around me
0: Yeah. And it's almost no surprise then that you went on to win uh, because what's that quote? Um, we are the average of the five people we spend our most time with. (laughs) And so from like six years old, you were surrounded by at least three world champions. So, so there you go. It's obviously true. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, I, I would say that, um, my friends probably had a strong influence as well, because mm. um, even though they're they're not involved in sport, they're they've got their ambitions in their in their field. So um, mm. that, you know, it's it's definitely the people you surround yourself with.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Do you think so growing up with with your dad, um, as I guess your coach and your mentor and your inspiration as well as being, you know, the normal <laughs> the normal dad stuff, um I was listening to a podcast actually with Julie Murray and the other day and talking about how it's difficult to raise a child in sport in some ways, because you have to give agency to your child to make their own decisions while also, you know, pushing them to do their best. Um, and there is sometimes a danger of becoming the child, becoming resentful to the parent for doing that. You know, it's, it's a lot, it's a strain on your life and it's a lot of commitment. Um, was that ever an issue for you and your dad or did you manage to maintain like, quite a good relationship?
1: It's interesting. Um, yeah, no, we definitely maintained a, a good relationship. Um, I know there was one period, maybe when I was 16, 17, where um, I was going through that, that period where I wasn't listening to my parents and that rebellious mm. age. Um, so, you know, my dad gave... Me to another coach to coach me at competitions. Um, but that was all for a reason. Um, but other from that, it was almost even from like a young age, um, I always karate was my passion. If mm. it was almost like going to not not taking me to karate was a punishment. So mm-hmm. if I'd done something bad at school, um, taking away karate was the punishment because that's Mm. the thing that hurt me the most. (laughs)
0: That's so funny that that's like so ingrained in you. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: it's just, it's just a passion. Um, Mm. I don't know why. Um, I couldn't, I I just always had love for Mm. the martial art. Um, you, you know, and that's the community, Um, It brought to me the the friends, the family. I can go anywhere in the world now um, Mm. and look up karate um, and go to a dojo and be looked after. Um, Yeah, it's just Mm. a, a great environment to be involved in.
0: Yeah, for sure. You, you mentioned that, um, when you were sort of starting out, um, that you had to work as well to fund your karate career and that, you know, all of the money that you were earning, you were sort of pumping back into the sport. How did that affect your social life and, and your mental health? Cause that is so much discipline to have. What were you like 21 at that age? Yeah.
1: Um, so I, w- I was working right up until. Well, past, but part, but even after I won the World Championships, I was still part-time. I was still uh, working. Um, so all my money I earned went on my, my sport because that was my passion. Um, yeah, and um, I, I was working as a sports centre assistant, um, party leader, uh, sensei, personal mm-hmm. trainer, fitness instructor. Um you know, I was working hard to, to basically get what I want. Um, mm. so yeah, it was, uh, it was almost put, you know, I'm working here cause I know my why, you know? So mm. it wasn't a, it wasn't hard for me to, to do that.
0: Mm. Um,
1: the one thing that was hard was coming up against these already full-time athletes in the world. Yeah. Um, when I was going out to compete, that was the um the hardest thing, um but you know we'd done it, and uh, we was making it work,
0: yeah, did you feel that was a setback when you were sort of stepping out onto the mat? Did you let that play on your mind at all or or were you just focusing on your own game? I
1: enjoyed it, I definitely was focusing on my own game, but I enjoyed mm. upsetting people's days you know I, <laughs> I I know that sounds weird, but you know I kind of um went out to upset- upset people's plans um and i knew i knew i had talent um mm-hmm. i knew i was good um and i i'm very very competitive as well um mm. so that that made me hard to beat mm. so yeah it was, um, so i i made myself into who who i wanted to be and you know i think i just focus on being the best person i can be every single day
0: yeah and that's such like a brilliant mindset to have and I wouldn't say you're lucky to have it because it's obviously something that you have created within yourself you know we are all responsible for the way that we view the world um but you do always come across you know so driven and so self-assured and you know what you want and you go out and you try to get it where do you think that comes from and have have you always been like that
1: I would say um yes I've always been competitive with myself. Um, I was always one of those kids that sports days. If I didn't win, I was crying.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that same, was me. Same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know where it came, uh, came from. Uh, maybe I had the influence of mm. the karate, the people around me, um, not just my dad, my dad, obviously my dad being a strong influence. Um, but my mom, my brother, my sisters, um, my friends, um, just, just, yeah, I think everybody wants to be, um, well, the people around me always wanted the best for me as well, mm. which helped. So yeah. if there was trouble outside, um, my friends would tell me not to get involved because they knew what path I was in. Mm. I was on, sorry. Um, so they kind of protected me a lot um from these things because they wanted the best from me and they saw that I was doing something positive um so yeah I think it it comes from around that um where it was kind of I have something good going and it was kind of protected
0: Mm. it's also really interesting to me that you know you set this goal at such a young age what were you four years old Um, like I, I struggle with goal setting at the best of times because I just have the devil on my shoulder saying, Yeah, but what if it doesn't pay off? What if it doesn't pay off? And for you to have dedicated your whole life to something, how do you push away that negative energy and suppress those thoughts? Because surely they cropped up at, at some stage.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, and still does. I'm mm. human. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like uh, no one's invincible, but it's just about how you deal with it. Um one thing I am I'm grateful for what I have um and I know myself I know who I am and I know my why um mm. and I believe I know before I became world champion at 24 years old I knew I was well, I I felt like I was world champion I was I was the best in the world before I won mm. it um mm. you didn't know it my opponents didn't know it um, but I knew it, uh, mm. and, that's, and that's all what mattered. I knew what journey I had to do. Two years before, I lost for a bronze medal. Um, but I came off that fight. When I lost for bronze medal at 22 years old, I came off that fight crying. And my dad said, why are you crying for? I said, Dad, I f- just feel like I'm the best in the world. I f- like threw it away. I'm, I'm the best in the world. And he looked at me and said, well you got to wait two years for that now I walked off <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that and that stuck with me for two mm. years um because I knew I was the best in the world but I believed, and that's why um working um as a sports center assistant and doing all these little jobs to fund my karate um mm. it wasn't it wasn't hard because I believed mm. I knew i That that's, you know, I know the journey and I didn't have time to think um, what about if it doesn't happen? I was just concentrating on making it happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And it just comes back to just thinking about now. Um, I was speaking to someone the other day about how we all we have is the present. Right. And you can either look into the future and think. This, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, is in like positively, or you can frame it negatively. But what's the point in the negative frame of mind when like it, it makes the present so shit, for lack of a better word? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So belief is is everything, I guess. Um and I think I'm only really starting to realize that now because I I don't know about you, but I always used to think of the worst possible situation that could happen in the future. And then play off that, when actually, why not think of the best possible situation to happen and work towards it like like exactly you've done?
1: Exactly. Um, but again, you're human, um, so you just have to mm. know, know how to deal with it. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, when negative thoughts creep in my mind, I kind of replace it by the facts. Um, mm. What I have, I do bring it back to the present. Um, I think about um, what good things I have going for me um what 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 journey am I on and um how can I prevent them things from happening sometimes I let myself worry, get it mm-hmm. all out you know sometimes mm-hmm. you need to worry and get get all them their negative thoughts out and then I say to myself, right, you had enough yeah, you finished <laughs> and then <laughs> and then, and then and then that's it like you know it that, that negative side gets tired and then you know mm-hmm. and, that, and that's when you start replacing it by the facts and the positivity.
0: Mm, for sure speaking about um the positivity then let's let's talk about the world championships can you even like phrase what that feeling was when when you won
1: oh uh, it was crazy um
0: oh I think you know for
1: me it was not if it was when mm. um and especially when I walked into that tournament again, it wasn't if it was when, um, I I came in the best in the world and I finished the best in the world. Um, but it was just like, wow. Like something, I I was the first world champion in 12 years as well. Um, for great Britain. And, you know, so it was like, for me, it was something that I got back from my hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just like, everything that I've dreamed of has just mm. come real. <laughs> and I, really, I really, I like, uh, to be honest with you, I just let my emotions go. I didn't know, I actually wow. didn't know what I was doing. Um, mm. It was almost like a blip. Um, I couldn't tell you until I look it back look back on the screen um, of my video um, of me winning the world championships. I only then realized like, what was going on. But at the time, I couldn't tell you. Um, it was just, it was just, everything was just going so fast. I
0: just, I just can't even imagine what that would have felt like. The only thing I can sort of relate it to is, well, I don't know when you, when you put an aim in place, obviously something you've been working at for so, so long. Um, and then you finally get it. And then there's like this, Oh God, like it's, it's happened. And, and then, and then it's now what? you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But but did you, because obviously the Olympics was announced that year as well. Um, so did you have time to sort of revel in your success? I hope you did before you were like, no, it needs to be Olympic champion now. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, do you know, early that year, I think I was in Wales. Um, I was with my fiance and we. The, I think the news came out that... Um, yeah, we, we cried. It was going to be in the Olympics. And I remember posting up on, on Facebook saying, I'm coming. But at mm. the beginning of that year, um, I already put, yeah, in, in, I think my New Year's um, Facebook status was, I think it was time for business or um, back to business or something like that. Mm. And that was just a message saying, I'm coming. Um, and I, all, the way, all the way in that year, I was giving little messages and, and be, coming in the Olympics was just a more incentive to win that world championships. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, right, okay, I won the world title. Um, okay, but let's keep pushing. Because even then, I was still part-time and I still had to work. Mm. Um, and then it, later on that year, I came, I went into the World Games, which is a recognized IOC event, which is a multiple sport event. So it's um, all the sports that are recognised by the IOC, uh, put into like a um, like a mini 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 version of the Olympic.
0: Right. Um, okay. So I went in uh, in
1: 2017 June, and um, I got I managed to get a silver medal. Like I kind of we drew in the fight, and it came to referee's decision, and it was that close. Mm. Um, they gave it to um, my French opponent. So I got wow. my silver medal and, uh, that's when UK sport got in, in touch, in touch and said, um, yeah, we might have some lottery funding for you. Wow. And I went, what? Like crazy. And then that's where it all started, where the possibility of becoming a full-time athlete, um, mm. could happen and, and obviously, you know, fully get involved in this Olympic journey.
0: Yeah. It's it's an interesting one with competitive sport because obviously all of the huge ones you know rugby football especially I mean in the men's leagues you get paid a, a quite you know a substantial amount yeah. um but obviously for the it's not even less well known like everyone knows karate is a sport and it's really bloody hard so it just baffles me that the pay gap is so different and that you had to you know work so hard part time as many athletes do, to be able to fund your
1: yeah, your career. Well, it wasn't always like that for us because, like I said to you, my dad was in like a, a golden era where mm. he was surrounded by other world champions. That, that attracted funding. Um, right. So he managed to become a full-time um, athlete, um, even though I think he chose to work. Um, that was just his mentality. He wanted to work. Um, but, um, yeah, there was, there was funding about, um, and people was managing to go full time. And that was really up until 2006 and 2006. Then that, that's when the funding got dropped and the mm-hmm. A athletes then disappeared. The B athletes then disappeared and even some of the C athletes disappeared. Um, so mm-hmm. that's why there was a, there was a massive gap between, um, 2004 world champs to my world champs um because the, the nobody could live and compete at that level uh, without mm-hmm. the funding but i think with my generation uh, it became more it, we didn't know about money we did we done, we done it for the passion we done it for the love mm-hmm. um we done it because we wanted to so the the whole approach to it was completely different um it wasn't Nobody came into karate to to get rich in the UK. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was almost, I'm doing this for myself, and and that's it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And whatever comes, that's why working wasn't a a thing for me. That was a normal thing, uh, what Mm -hmm. everybody else was doing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Obviously, if I became a footballer, it would be completely different.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, because you were going to go down that route, weren't you, back in the... yeah. When you had to choose.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, my dad made me choose. I remember it. Um, and my, like, it was Watford Football Academy. Um, he rang up and I only could choose one. And I was British champion at the time. And my dad said, pick one. And again, all my role models were in here. And I only saw myself doing karate because I loved it that much. Um, mm-hmm. I picked karate um, and never looked back but who knows, you know, I know I think football has like the biggest dropout at the age of 16, mm. um, or gets dropped or doesn't make it. Um, so who knows, who knows what would have happened. Um,
0: yeah. And it didn't. And you're here. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change
0: Good. it. Good. On the teaching thing, obviously you, um, you, you teach a lot now as well um and you talk a lot about giving back to society my sister actually has been doing your zoom classes um over yeah, the lockdown and yeah
1: right wow yeah yeah, yeah. she's yeah. great girl great girl yeah
0: she's awesome and she, the the um the lights we <laughs> she trains in the room above the kitchen and whenever right. she's training the, the feels like the ceiling is going to fall in and I'm like <laughs> what are they doing <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah but what is it about teaching that you enjoy so much and do you think it's something you're gonna pursue yeah
1: I always give back um, there's no point in me doing all of this and then keeping my skills to myself um, now I have to give back that's just that's just me um, just where I come from as well Luton um, giving back to the community is, is a massive thing
0: mm. um,
1: so that's one of the thing one of the things that I'm passionate passionate about. Um, and that is giving back and helping others um, achieve their goals where uh, however small however big as long as I can contribute um that actually makes me feel um yeah i I enjoy that you know so mm. that's, the, that's one of my other passions is is getting involved in the community
0: mm. that's awesome though because it must be so like like the best feeling when you see. Someone so passionate about it and then goes on to achieve great things. And it's like, Oh, I inspired that person to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, to be honest with you, as long as I can, I can help, even if it's just a, a little bit, you know, mm. um, and it doesn't have to be in sport. Um, you know, everybody has their struggles. I have my struggles and I've looked for help. And, you know, that's something that I, I would like to give off, give that energy off as well. You know, I, you mm. know, if I can help in any way, I would like to help if, if I can. Mm. Um, and that's just who I am. I, I don't know why. I just enjoy that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously dad, dad's world champion and then you're world champion. I yeah. don't know if you want kids, but do you reckon it'll be three times a chance?
1: <laughs> do you know what? Um, I, I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> but um, I would say as well, as long as they achieve, um, or you know what, as long as they, um, look for the best in themselves i'll be happy um mm-hmm. whatever it's in whether it's uh you know they want to be a lawyer a doctor um dancer or anything even you know if they want to get into admin you know <laughs> i i really as long as they strive to be the best in it best person they are i'll be happy
0: Thanks, Jordan. We're going to go on to play um, Millennial Minesweeper now. This is a little quotes game at the end. It's just I pick out a few quotes from um, the internet um, or ones I've made up, but we just talk about them and you have to see whether you agree or disagree with them. Okay. And they're just about living life in your 20s. Cool. So our first one is stop trying to live your best life and instead live the life that's best for you
1: yep i agree yeah. with that one i agree with that one um yeah you shouldn't try to live yeah you know you need to just like i say bring it back to the present mm. and just uh be the best you know just that that change that my whole mindset around that mm-hmm. yeah i, I totally do. Like agree
0: Yeah. I think it's, it comes from this whole, you know, new era of influencers and social media who are like, live your best life and people out there trying, but why, why are you trying to just live, live the life that you want to live and it should be your best life. Like there is no formula for that, you know?
1: Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I totally agree. And and also you've got to understand um, who you are and, and, you know, look at your life and say, this is me and accept yourself, appreciate Mm. yourself. You know, it all starts with that.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, our second one is, oh, I love this one. I watched it last night. It's a doc from a documentary. Sorry. Okay. Okay. If you're not, (laughs) if you're not willing to fail, you can't innovate. If you're not willing to build a vulnerable culture, you can't create. It's that simple. Wow. And that was, um, yeah. Brené Brown um on the netflix documentary i watched last night called the call to courage and i was just like oh wow it's so true
1: so true that is so true can you repeat that
0: yeah if you're not willing to fail you can't innovate if you're not willing to build a vulnerable culture you can't create
1: that is that is i love that one i'm gonna
0: take that myself yeah do Um, do it
1: yeah yeah no it's, it's true 100 percent true um you gotta put yourself out there you have to mm. you know mm-hmm. why be scared and 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 a lot of these things is like what you might have to go back two steps that you know what, what you know you've been there before you know you can get yourself out of it you know or like even if you're going into the unknown um it's almost just be comfortable with it and and smash you know find a way to smash through them walls
0: totally and as she said you know it's better to be in the arena getting your ass kicked yeah and showing up showing up and being great brave than like you know sat on the seats at the back of the stadium i I, I tell
1: you now i have been beaten up probably more than (laughs) I've, (laughs) i've won you know um you know i've had to i had to get my butt kicked um i had to uh to get to where i i needed to be Um, And I put myself out, like I say, I was, I was never a, I was never a, a full-time athlete. Um, I was a part-time athlete going out there against these full-time athletes. And I needed to go go out there and learn and, and push myself and, you know, do the things that I have practiced, but also um, create instinctively and um, go out and execute. So yeah, Mm. I'm going to take that quote and put it out of my pocket.
0: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Watch the Netflix documentary as well. It's, it's really good. What's it called again? Um, it's called Call cool to Courage. The Call cool to Courage. Yeah. The Call cool to Courage. Okay. Yeah. I'll do I'll watch that. <laughs> and our final one is your 20s of the time to have fun and experiment before you settle down in a decade or so's time.
1: Okay. I, I, you know what? I think. You can, you can, it don't have to be in your twenties. I think you can just carry that through every day of your life. You know, why, why, why do you have to, to not have fun at when you're, when you turn 30? I,
0: I completely um, agree. And this is the problem I have with these stupid articles. This article is called how to date in your twenties in GQ. And it's just like, yeah. it just tells you that there's a certain time of your life that you have to do certain stuff um especially in your 20s when everyone's like oh you should do this and experiment with this and try this and this and this and it's like i know so many people who get married in their 20s and a guest i had on last series actually anna blackman she talks about how she got married at 23 and you know they're still right. together now and it's like if and, and and as you said you know have fun and experiment your whole life why yeah. <laughs> why does settling down mean that you have well, to stop doing that i'm 29
1: this month i've only got a year <laughs> to,
0: <laughs> to, <laughs> to, <laughs> <laughs> but go out and get yeah. really, really fucked and yeah, exactly. sack off the you know, sack off the Olympics. That doesn't matter, yeah. just go that's, and have
1: fun. Yeah, <laughs> mean yeah. no, um, no, I, I believe that, um, you should always, and, and again, that's 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 how you learn and and that's how you move on and you know, experiencing things. And there might be mm. something that I didn't experience in my 20s, but looking to do in my 30s, um. Again, that's that's my life. That's my journey, and I control yeah. that. You know, so yeah. Nah, have fun all your life, every single day, <laughs> every single <time>. second. <laughs> Make the mistake every single day. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, love it. Oh well, thank you so much, Jordan. This has been such a great chat. I've really enjoyed it.
1: No, I've really enjoyed it, Emma. Honestly, um thanks for bringing me on.
0: No, no worries. And best of luck, obviously, with Tokyo Um, this year now. Oh, my God, it's 2021. This year, this year. It's happening. It will happen. Yeah, it will (laughs)
1: happen. There you go. Positivity. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, And hopefully next time we speak, I'll be with a gold medal.
0: Absolutely. I have full faith, and I'm sure you do too. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. 100%. Thanks again, Jordan, for coming on the show and a big thank you to you guys at home as well for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. We absolutely love to read them and it helps more people find the podcast as well. So it's a win-win really. This podcast wouldn't sound as slick as it does without our wonderful composer and producer, Pete Haff. So a big shout out to Pete. Thank you for working your magic. And we'll be back again next week with another brilliant guest. So I'll see you very soon.